That's is cool. It, Can I, we sync audio? Released. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, David. No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sync audio so I don't. No, I can do it. Yes. Um, all right. I will say one. Chris will say two. Tessa will say three. I'll say four. Christian says five. Tessa says six. I will say, and now clap. And then we clap. At three different times. Yeah. You clap. Clap after I've said, now clap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do we clap on one or three? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> one. Oh. <laughs> Let's do it again. This is a stop. <laughs> We're doing it again. I thought I thought you were answering Tessa's question. Yes. Oh no. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. And now clap. Hello, friends. This is Christian Razor, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. Well, our team is dropping like flies. And let me tell you, when I thought about our team to begin with, Faye and Esther are not the two I thought would still be around. Uh, what am I going to do with this bleeding heart? Usually with Bill, I have somebody to kind of counteract it. And I mean, we're the muscle. Well... He's the muscle, I try to be the muscle. (sighs) Just another change. Oh well. Previously on misconceptions uh the crew returned to water treatment plant 23 and the reason they returned to water treatment plant 23 is to investigate a little further um esther remembered that she had seen three suspicious individuals fleeing from the rubble of the water treatment plant uh, the day of Woodard and Faye's wedding. Uh, so the crew returned there to see exactly what these three people were doing, uh, and they found a way into the underground beneath the water treatment plant, and they found a well full of mist. And the mist seemed to have a mind of its own as the crew interacted with it and the mist interacted back giving strange visions and these visceral feelings that the crew was left to uh, decipher themselves. After seeing these visions and feeling these feelings, uh, Bill and Faye decided, we need to destroy this well. And so they crushed the well with their combined powers, but not before the well lashed out and uh, stole some of their power from them, burning some of their uh, power tags. 
Uh, and then right after that, the three suspicious individuals that I mentioned earlier showed up and whooped their collective ass. But not before Faye was able to talk the three of them into um, not whooping their ass. <laughs> Instead, uh, letting them leave and giving them a little bit of information. Um, and the uh, crew found out that these three dummies uh, belonged to Miss Minnie. And Faye remembers meeting Miss Minnie, a, uh, an old southerly woman uh, that she met at the mayoral debate gala so, so long ago. Uh, and then those three people ran off. Bill got a call from his wife uh, in hysterics. Uh, and Bill realized that he couldn't keep putting his family through this anymore. So he packed up his family, left the city, left the investigation behind, and left Faye and Esther standing in the motel parking lot. Before we begin, and before we find out what Esther and Faye are going to do, uh, it is the start of a new session. And we are in the end game of misconceptions, and the cabal is in the end game of their plan. As such, I have a custom move called end game at the end or at the beginning of every recording session i want one of you one of the crew members to roll 2d6 plus a status that has not been revealed yet uh, and in fact it is still at a zero could, so could somebody roll 2d6 plus zero for me please and tell me what you get we know how it goes when i roll so. yeah i'll roll but also, it could be one of those nemesis ones that's backwards. I got um, an 8 plus 0, correct? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I got an 8. Okay. You rolled an 8 on the end game move. You'll find out what that means later. Let's find out what Faye and Esther are doing. Faye and Esther, you are standing in the motel parking lot with uh, whatever inconspicuous disguise you have. Um, it is very late at night or early in the morning depending on how you look at it um but you are looking down the long stretch of road just watching bill's beat up car just rattle away until he disappears over the horizon line and out of your lives what are the two of you doing um is there a way we could do maybe a flashback or something? And when Bill was telling us goodbye, he also left the key to the room since the room was still rented. So we had somewhere to go while we waited for a ride. Sure. Do I need to roll? I that? mean, we're at the no. warehouse, right? Do we not want to just? We're not at the warehouse. No, we're at the motel. What? You're in at the, the motel. I just so said you just it. said that. You just said that. Just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. The motel was a warehouse all along. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> so I think that Esther heads upstairs to the room. Okay. Figures with. Okay. You insert the key card, open up the door. Uh, you walk into the room. So, what now? We've lost half our team. Well, we're not going to accomplish anything tonight. 
What does our plan need to be for tomorrow? Do you want me to call Woodard and see if they could help and then maybe we can go check out the other wells? Do I want you to call Woodard so you can talk to Mohammed? You know, <laughs> Esther, I'm really trying to include my husband in things. Um, but he's just really busy, okay? So I will call Mohammed. Call whoever you need to call. And, uh, Faye, as you punch in the numbers on your cell phone and press dial, the phone starts to ring. Uh, Thank you, Carrie, for those sound effects. Now I don't have to go find some. Um, Carrie's my live audience Foley over here. Carrie will be providing... Thank you. Carrie will be providing all of the, uh, the Foley sound effects for this session. Um... I've said it, so now you have to do it. On it. Uh, but anyways, the uh, the phone starts to ring. Ring! We, <laughs> we cut from that uh, scene to another scene in a different location to uh, a man in a gray uh, suit, a tie kind of loose around his neck. He is sweating. His hair is matted down on his forehead and against his neck. He is clutching uh, a laptop against his chest and just booking it up some stairs. Uh, he is breathing heavily. The camera stays stationary as the this guy runs past the camera, and we see uh, two figures run into frame. And we have not seen Woodard and Mohammed in their crime-fighting gear. Uh, so, Christian, go ahead and think about... What does Mohammed wear to conceal his identity while he's being a vigilante while I describe what Woodard looks like? Uh, Woodard has a, uh, a green hoodie with leather sleeves. Uh, he has black pants with lots of cargo pouches on them. Uh, he has military boots. Uh, he has uh, a gator pulled up over his neck and over his mouth to hide his identity. Uh, Muhammad, how do you look? Uh, Muhammad has a similar hoodie. Um, It's purple, though. And on his head, he wears a very cartoony bear mask. Like a Halloween, like, teddy bear mask. Um, Nice. (laughs) And he's just barreling up these stairs um and as woodard runs up the stairs he makes a fist with his hand and slaps the palm of his hand against his fist and a spectral bow appears in his hand and as he pulls back one hand uh a spectral arrow appears and he lets it fly uh trying to hit the hedge fund manager uh but just as it's going to hit this dude in the back, like the door opens up and some uh, goons rush out into the stairwell. Look at their boss running up the staircase, look down at you, and they grab uh, batons and like flick them out and run down to meet the two of you. Uh, Woodard looks up at your target and he says, Damn it, Mohammed, we have to get him quick. He cannot get to that helipad. Uh, yeah. I'm on it, boss. Muhammad is gonna climb up onto the railing of the stairs 
and jump and try to grab onto the railing above and pull himself up a flight. Ooh. Let's roll a take the risk. So I'm going to use my athletic tag. Okay. And I'm thinking that's probably the only thing I can use, actually. All right. So roll 2d6 plus 1. Oh, 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 double sixes, what? Oh my gosh, Mohammed <laughs> is, is here. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, Mohammed, never... describe for us how you how you get up these stairs. Yeah, so Mohammed sees these goons uh, ahead on the stairwell, and he just kind of climbs up on the railing, jumps, hooks one arm on it, and just pulls himself, and you just see him fly up to the next railing. Yeah, uh, and I think, oh man, with a with a twelve, I think you like land in front of this guy. Oh, okay. uh, and like he like he stutter steps down a few steps, clutching his uh, laptop, looking up at your uh, childish bear mask, which just makes this scene even more terrifying. Uh, as a flight below. Uh, Woodard does this cool thing where he jumps up on the railing and then kicks off that railing uh, to knee a dude in the face uh, just as he is shooting another guy with his arrow in the chest. Uh, so Woodard is engaging these uh, these goons. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to grab the guy and mm. just start running up the stairs. Woodard, I've got him. Let's go. Uh, and it would make sense for y'all not to use your real names i know woodard called you muhammad earlier uh but we should definitely change that so what uh what nick what uh not nicknames uh what pin pal names do y'all have for each other like what's your code name um i'm thinking like one word so like he could call, okay he'll call muhammad teddy and then muhammad will call him fletcher Fletcher, yeah, like Fletcher I like it. So Teddy, Teddy and Fletcher, yeah. Okay, so uh, you go to grab the hedge fund manager, but uh, he's not just gonna let you grab him. So go ahead and roll a go toe to toe. Good to go. All right, I'm going to use athletic and bear hug. Yeah, that works. Go toe to toe with a plus two. Uh, that is a ten. A 10. All right. So uh, you get to choose two of these. You achieve your goal, you get them good and give them a status, or you block, dodge, or counter their best attempts. Which of those two do you choose? Okay. Uh, I'm going to achieve my goal and block their best attempts. That's all right. Very smart. So uh, like you said, you grab him and start booking it up the uh, the stairwell. Um and Woodard is uh, slugging it out with these, these goons. He says, right behind you, Teddy! Uh, right as one dude, like, knocks him across the jaw up against the wall. Uh, Muhammad, do you keep running? Yeah, yeah, he's going to keep running. Um, trying just to get to the roof. Okay. Uh, you rush up, leaving Woodard to, to fight the goons by himself. Uh, and I think you reach the helipad level and you get there and you already see there is a helicopter the blades are whirring 
there's a pilot in the seat and you see that two goons are already up here like waiting to escort their boss onto the helicopter they look at each other they look back at you do you say anything i'll be taking that helicopter you can just get out of my way they pull their handguns point them at you and say drop him i am going to hold him in front of me and then kind of stomp on the ground and my uh street sign's gonna shoot up out of the roof what do you mean street sign christian so muhammad has to have a staff so he has acquired this sign that he just stole off of the street and it is the corner of sherwood and nottingham so he stomps on the ground. You see this this metal pole pop up. It's a I little bit it. bent in places, uh, and you see the two crisscrossed green signs saying Sherwood and Nottingham on the top. Okay. Yeah, let's take a risk. Let's see if you can get to that helicopter. See, so, yeah, I'm running forward, just trying to knock them out of my way, I guess. So I'm gonna use wallop, and I'll use weight and measured, as if I'm kind of watching what they're doing and taking the moment to find a spot to to hit them where they won't be able to evade it as well. Yeah, go ahead and roll a take the risk. Plus two. Um, just out of transparency, I would argue that cumbersome could be used as a weakness tag here because I'm trying to use this staff one-handed. Ooh, you're right. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Yeah, so go ahead and roll with the... Plus one, but you do get one attention to your street sign. Ooh, uh, so that's an eight. Um, okay, I'll give you a choice. Okay. You either uh, make it to the uh, helicopter, but you have to roll a face danger against a uh, gunshot wound three status, or... Uh, you dodge their attack but lose your hold on the uh, target. So do I face danger against the status or I just take it? Uh, you will You will get to face a danger. Okay. Anytime you take a status that you can defend yourself from, you can roll a face danger. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to hang on to the to him then and take the, take the chance on that. All right. So go ahead and roll a face danger against a, a shot up three status. Uh, and you cannot add uh, your two tags that you just used, wallop and weighted and measured. Right. Tell you what, as I get closer, could I like semi-transform into my bear form just enough to bulk up a little bit to try to absorb some of the blow and use it as yeah, a tag? Yeah, you totally could. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm going to use that. Your earth sign transformation? My earth sign transformation, yeah. So I'll use okay. that just to try to just throw a plus one on that. Okay. Uh, seven. A seven. Okay. Um, okay. So you take a uh, shot up two status. Shot up two. So as you're charging forward, this dude slung over your shoulder. You are swinging your uh, street sign in front of you. You swing it at one dude, and he ducks and rolls to the side. His shot goes wide, but the other on the other side hits you in the side, uh, scraping across your ribs, and then you jump into the helicopter. Uh, The pilot looks back at you with wide eyes. 
I'm gonna put the street sign up against his neck. Hey, uh, start taking off. Yeah, I, I think he, with that leveled against his neck, like you have the, the cross of the uh, street signs, like, yeah, in between on either side of his neck, and he goes, ah, and he starts to push that lever forward. The helicopter takes off the helipad, and right as you are hovering up in the air, uh, the two guards shooting bullets at the helicopter. Uh, Woodard busts through the door. Uh, his one sleeve is like torn. His hood is thrown back. He's breathing heavily. His gaiter is like lopsided on his face. Uh, and he looks at you in the helicopter. And we see him sigh and say, oh, Damn it, Mohammed. You can't take, you can't make this easy, homie, can you? And he charges forward. Uh, and as he charges forward, he uh, knees one dude in the back, lands on top of him. Uh, the guard turns around to shoot at him, shoots. The bullet hits him in the shoulder. Uh, Woodard lets out a scream. Uh, are you doing anything from the helicopter? Um. All right. When I see him come out of the come out of the door, I'm gonna shove the hedge fund manager into a seat and forcefully buckle him in. Uh, And then I'm going to just lean out of the helicopter and just roar and then reach my arm down uh, to try to catch Woodard if he can jump up there. Okay. uh, So what are you trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to... So yeah, I'm like leaning, like reaching down as far as I can reach to give him a lower target to jump to to try to get into this helicopter. Okay. And then the roar uh, is to kind of startle the other, like the the guards or whatever, to okay, okay, to kind of give them less chance to hit us while we're trying to get away. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll a change the game with that bestial roar then. Eight, an eight. Okay, so you get one juice, and you can use that juice to create a story tag, burn a power tag or story tag, uh, or give or reduce a status. Uh, and uh, the way, so it says uh, burn a power tag or story tag, uh, and really only players have story tags and power tags, uh, but you can use that option on uh, dangers as long as it's like. Uh, you are you can remove a move from them. So these guys have a move called shoot you up. Gotcha. So you could describe it as you saying like you scare him and burn his uh, shoot you up status. So he like drops his gun or something like that. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Does do you like go through any sort of transformation as you let out this roar? Yeah. So as I see Woodard running, I see him get shot. I like lean out the, the the side of this helicopter and you just see the hair from my beard ripple and then my entire face and neck is just transforms into a bear head essentially and you just hear this echoing roar uh, out of this out of this helicopter yeah and that that guard uh, fumbles with his gun, drops it on the ground, and as he goes to pick it up, he like kicks it further away from him. And Woodard gets up running, holding his shoulder, uh, and you can't hear him over the whirring of the blaze, but he's pointing down 
as he's running. Oh, okay. Hmm. So Muhammad, seeing that, is going to lean back in to the to the pilot and say, "Get over the edge, just underneath it." And still stuttering and stammering, and he lowers the helicopter down. It disappears over the edge, and uh, where jumps sailing through the air and we have like this distant shot where we see the night sky behind the helicopter and the top of this helipad and Moham- er, Woodard flying through the air and then we cut to inside the helicopter Woodard hits the interior rolls and thuds against the uh, other door of the helicopter uh, and then he looks up at your target he says hello Mr. Henderson I would like to have a talk with you. We cut from that scene to uh, the helicopter has landed. Uh, the pilot is tied up to some sort of pipes on top of this roof. And uh, Mohammed and Woodard uh, are interrogating their target. Uh, and Mohammed, let me know if you like this, but I like the thought of you holding the hedge fund manager like out over the city, like on the edge of the building. Uh, Batman style, and you and Woodard are asking him questions. Yeah, I'm good with that. No, oh wait, no, I got it. I'm full bear form. His foot is Uh in my mouth, and I'm hanging him over the edge. (laughs) Okay, I like it. Uh, Whenever you transform, uh, what happens to, like, all your materials and everything? So, the, the cloth and stuff is still there but there's like fur poking around it really like heavily Mm. so like it stretches to its limit and then yeah okay uh so during this investigation scene uh that is when phase call is going to be coming through on muhammad's phone uh so woodard is going to be interrogating this dude and i would like either tessa or carrie to interrupt me with a like phone call noise um while Woodard is doing this investigation. All you carry, you're the sound effect person. Yeah. I did designate you as the human foley. Give me a job and then you just try to take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I like that. So, uh, Muhammad in full bear form, his neck outstretched to the city, this guy dangling in his jaws. Uh, Woodard is uh, bleeding and torn up but he is sitting on the edge of this building, like with one leg up and one elbow resting on the knee, the other leg dangling down, and he's just kind of reclining. He says, Mr. Henderson, it has been so difficult to make an appointment with you, but I hear that you are the best hedge fund manager in the city and uh, quite a few of your clients uh, are very wealthy people. Is that true, Mr. Henderson? <laughs> now, Mr. Henderson, I'm going to need you to stop stammering so much so you can answer some of my questions. I'll ask you again. Are some of your clients the most wealthy people in this city? He says, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I guess. Excellent. 
And is it true that you ring, have the... Ring, ring, A phone rings out in the night. Woodard looks at Mohammed. <laughs> Mohammed just... Form. He kind of turns his head a little bit back towards his pocket. And Woodard rolls his eyes, uh, lets it ring a couple of times until it goes to voicemail. Uh, and then he turns back to Mr. Henderson. As I was saying, Mr. Henderson... I would like to have the routing number. Ring, 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 ring. He, Woodard, looks back at Mohammed. <laughs> Mohammed makes eye contact this time. Uh. Are you serious right now? You didn't put it on silent again. Mohammed drags the guy back onto the roof, puts a paw on him, and just transforms back um, about halfway. So he's still furrier than normal and bigger than normal, but he's just got a, a big meaty paw on this guy. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> and he just pulls it out. It's, uh, it's your wife. It's, what? Are you serious right bring, now? Bring, Co- bring, bring. <laughs> Teddy, could you please answer your phone? Uh, I'll, I'll... <laughs> I'll transform back completely and just kind of step on Mr. Henderson. Ah, uh, hello? Mohammed, what are you doing? We're in the middle of something right now. What do you need, Faye? Oh, uh, what is there? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so there's been a bit of a problem and me and Esther are stranded at a motel. Uh-huh. Can you come get us? Uh. Can it wait? (laughs) I mean, um, we do have keys to said motel, but we are also wanted, so we can hide in this room for a little bit. Is it really that urgent? Uh, he looks down at Mr. Henderson and then back up at Woodard. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Woodard, like, puts his hands out to either side, like, wrap it up! Woodard's telling me to hang up the phone. Oh. Is he I'll, now? We'll, I'll, well, we'll I call guess you, you back, should Faye. go ahead and do that then. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Woodard looks at you and says, is everything alright? Teddy? Uh... Yeah, Fletcher, but maybe we should wrap this up. Are you going to get a phone call from Grubhub or something like that? Hey, she's your wife. It doesn't matter that she's calling you. It matters that your phone wasn't on silent again. Listen. Is this guy still dangling from (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He's not dangling. He's just being stepped on on the floor now. Yeah. Yeah, Mom is just looking down. Uh... Maybe it's not the right time. Can we finish this? Uh, yeah. Mr. Henderson looks up at you and says, Hey, if you guys want to work this out, I mean, I can just go. I lift my foot and step down again. Now, Mr. Henderson, as I was saying, those routing numbers...
Hello friends and welcome to episode 81 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White, and we're back. Back from the crossover episodes with Sins of the Father. And if you have not listened to those yet, you really, really should. Uh, Those four episodes uh, had a lot of really fun and great energy, uh, combining the chaoticness of uh, Sins of the Father with uh, the energy from Misconceptions was just a just the best kind of experiment, uh, and those of you that listened, I hope that you really enjoyed them, because boy howdy, we really had a fun time recording them. But enough about the crossover episodes. Let's get back to Mist Conceptions. Uh, and as is apparent uh, by this episode, we have brought on Christian to reprise his role as Mohammed. Uh, he is going to be our token male character for the show going forward. Uh, and uh, he is injecting a lot of really good energy, bringing great role playing talent to Mohammed back to Misconceptions. Uh, I am very excited. To have Christian back as Mohammed, and I'll also say that we have recorded quite a bit ahead uh, of episode 81, and uh, oh boy, y'all are uh, in for a ride. Uh, that is all I'll say about that. A uh, little bit of housekeeping stuff. As you know, we do have a Patreon, and our Patreon pays for the amazing sound effects and ambiance and music we have in each episode. It also pays our performers just a little bit for their hard work on each episode. And we are currently trying to get to $500 a month. At $500 a month, we will be able to pay our editors for the extra work they put in to each episode, making it sound as good as it does. So if you would like Marlo and Tessa and myself to receive a pay raise for each episode that we edit, please help us get to $500 a month. Uh, And if you have not checked out our Patreon yet, I cannot highly suggest enough the $5 a month level. $5 a month is not that great an amount, but it will go a big way to helping us reach our goal. And at the $5 amount, you get access to SideQuest, our patron-only series that features rotating casts and stories and RPG systems. And uh, we get very experimental over there, and we have fun. Right now, we are running the Curse of Strahd, but not in D&D, but in the Crystal Heart setting Uh, created by up to four players based on their very popular Crystal Heart webcomic. Very popular and very good webcomic. It's using the Savage Worlds rules, and we're having a lot of fun doing that. And you know what? Why don't you? Uh, why don't we listen to a little preview clip of uh, that series and uh, see if that's something you're interested in, huh? Oi, we're taking a rest. What do y'all do for this this brief respite? Lulu is gathering mushrooms. Remember what I said: the wolves. <laughs> Rutger kind of brandishes a rifle from their back and kind of. Starts cleaning it. Like I said, not afraid of any wolves. Wolves? What were we... We were talking about wolves? And at that moment, you hear a distant wolf cry. (laughs) 
those wolves. So I reach yeah. in over, uh, over uh, Rutger's seat and grab my staff and put it down uh, next to me. <clears throat> Rutger, you have a brand new heart. And we should probably test it out. If you want to hear more of the Crystal Heart of Strahd, go to our Patreon, click the link below in the show notes right now, go give just a measly $5 a month, and you'll get access to the Crystal Heart of Strahd, along with our Cyberpunk series, our Animal Crossing series, our Fear Itself series, and a lot of other really great series that I personally really enjoyed making. Uh, well, that is all the showkeeping notes out of the way. Let's get back to the show, and let's see how Faye and Esther are going to mingle with Woodard and Mohammed as the new members of their crew. We cut from this scene to the motel as uh, Mohammed and Woodard are pulling up in Mohammed's car. Uh, Faye or Esther, uh, who would be the first to see them? Esther's laid out on the bed with her hands behind her head. <laughs> and I laid out on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Faye's definitely pacing by the window. Watching for them. Could you stop doing that? No, I cannot. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but things are kind of crashing around us. I mean, the four walls are standing. You oh hear gosh. a loud pop, like a almost like a gunshot, uh, as Muhammad's car kind of backfires um, <laughs> yeah. and parks in a yep, and, and parks out in the middle of the parking lot. They're here. Let's go. Esther gets up and heads out of the room. Okay. Faye angrily walks out of the room and heads straight to the car and gets in the back seat and, like, scoots over and looks at Woodard. Is he still all bloodied up? Yes. And I think he he's, like, still in his vigilante gear, so he has it, but he has his hood off and his gator down. And uh, he, as you, like, slam the door behind you, he, like, turns stiffly around. And you can see the blood on his shoulder. You can see the bruising on his his cheeks and a swollen eye. One, I hope you are okay, and we will be dealing with this when we get home. Two, I know that we are both out fighting crime, but we have a rule that when the other calls someone, you don't tell someone else to hang up on them. Esther leans up and pats him on the shoulder. Nice job, dumbass. <laughs> he winces. Thank you for that, Esther. Darling, I was in the middle of the culmination of weeks of nightly stakeouts and bruises and fighting and interrogations. I'm sorry that we didn't have time for your phone call. Yeah, Faye, we're kind of still in the middle of it. And he reaches back and pulls down the little middle seat thing in the back seat. And you can see Mr. Henderson <laughs> with a beanie pulled down over his eyes, 
He's tied up, and he's got like uh-huh. Uh-huh. a sock in his mouth with a necktie wrapped around his face to hold it there. He just closes it again. Bloody hell. What are you doing? <sighs> Can we just get home, please? So, or Also, I'm very angry at you, but I'm also very proud of you. And you're doing good work, and I hope you are okay. That is all. And she, like, crosses her arms and sits back and, like, looks out the side window. Esther rolls her eyes. Are we going somewhere, or are we sitting in the parking lot? Muhammad doesn't say anything at this point. He just... And goes on. <laughs> and as uh, Muhammad's truck, or as Muhammad's car trundles away, we cut to the super secret cottage uh, deep in the city park. Um, I would assume that since it's so deep in the city park, like Muhammad's car can't get here. We established this in the past that there is a spot for his car that we've created. Okay. Well, we cut to the exterior shot of the cottage and we see your car pulled up. Uh, and then we cut inside. Uh, and you just hear some like clattering around. And then a thump, a door close, and he walks back out. Uh, so what are y'all doing? You are both aware how Ren left a couple days ago? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, Bill decided to leave tonight as well. For what reason? He needed to go be with his family. I mean, you can't fault him for that. No. No, not at all. He has his family back. He has his wife and child and... That's who he needs to be with. And Faye shrugs, um, but is visibly upset and clearly trying to keep it together. It's what he's been fighting for all along. If, uh, if only we could all get happy endings. And you see, like, a little tear. Just, he wipes it away. (laughs) 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 Is that Esther clearing her throat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where is Esther at? Uh, Esther is sitting in a recliner in the living room. Okay. She knows she's going to have to sit through this whole mm-hmm. heartfelt conversation. Esther, how are you feeling about all of this? Esther, tell us your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Esther doesn't have feelings. They were bred out of her by her father. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't any anger there. Huh. No. She shrugs and she's like, I mean, it's definitely not ideal, but we still have work to do. Point made. So the problem is, I mean, I know clearly, um, and as Faye is talking, she goes just naturally like she's kind of talking louder as she moves in and out of the house and she's grabbing the different um very flashback to season one she's like making the tea grabbing the bandages um and like piecing woodard back together 
uh-huh. as she's talking. Can yep. I interject one thing? Um, so when you open the pantry to get the tea out, the bottom of it has been cleared out, and there's just a guy, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Henderson. <laughs> oh. Um. So sorry. I'm I'm going to need to to close the door back on you now. Um, so she's bandaging Woodard up. The problem is, is that now, um, it's just me and Esther. And while we are both badasses, Esther more than me, let's be honest. Um, we Esther still- nods her head to this comment. Yeah, Esther nods her head and her nose is also broken right now. <laughs> Faye's not bandaging her up. Oh, good grief. Uh. What is Esther's beef with Faye today? <laughs> After Faye fixes Woodard up, she goes to fix Esther up. And Esther shrugs her off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Tessa, what were you saying? I'm so sorry. It's all good. Faye just throws the gauze pads, like, on the floor next to Esther. Um, not aggressively, but it's just, like... Do it yourself while continuing to <laughs> yeah, talk. Yeah, don't make a roll. You'll break my nose even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the problem now is I know you are both doing your own work, but we need your help. And she smiles. Muhammad glances at Woodard. You know, things are getting a lot harder to do on our own. Maybe it's time we join the teams up. What? We? No. We've been, you are, I'm sorry, Faye, not to diminish your mission, but your mission is not our mission. We are on two separate paths. There is no combining the teams here. There is a duo that has been doing what we've been doing for the past two years, and you, what you have been doing. I know, darling, and again, your mission is just as important, but I don't know what you want us to do in this situation. I mean, we we need the extra set of hands. Yes, Esther and I are just as strong, but also we're not, and we need your help, but we are feminists. But also, can you please help us? Faye, I... You know I love you. But I... I can't just abandon this... mission. I can't. Okay. I understand. Then can we take Muhammad? Muhammad's just kind of looking at between the two of them like a kid whose parents are trying to decide who gets him in the divorce. (laughs) 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 Um, But he looks over ordered... You know, you don't have to give up your mission to help each other out. What do you mean, Muhammad? We... Once again, we are doing two separate things. I, as good as I am at what I do, I cannot be in two separate places at once. We were pursuing Mr. Henderson tonight to get the bank routing numbers. They were doing something else. We were in two different parts of the city. And every moment 
that I am not pursuing these people, they are profiting off of other people's misery and widening the wealth gap when that wealth could be used to make this city and this world a much better place. And, you know, Woodard is about to go on his full spiel of robbing the rich, tax the rich, eat the rich. Mm -hmm. Yes, dear, we are all aware. We all know. Could it be Mm -hmm. that these are all connected? What do you mean? In your investigation... You have come across a lot of the same people that we have. The people who are in control are the ones who seem to have all of the money. They're the same people. Woodard ponders on this. She reaches out and grabs his hand. We're fighting the same fight. Esther Muhammad, do you say anything? I was just kind of looking towards the ground and he kind of mumbles... Not quite under his breath, loud enough for them to hear, but not, like, speaking out. What happens when, uh, one of you dies and the other one's not there? Esther takes her head out of her hands and just, like, looks wide-eyed. Uh, is it fair to say that both Woodard and Faye turn around in a synchronized motion to look at Mohammed? Yes, with wide eyes. Both turn around. Woodard says, Jesus, Mohammed, what are you... What are you talking about? We both got shot today. We survived. But maybe it won't always be that way. It's not my place to say. I need to make some spinach buffs. I'm gonna go walk into the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Woodard turns back to you, Faye. Alright, I I suppose we can help you out. But I made an oath, Faye. And I'm I'm not gonna break that oath. I will help you honor it. Alright. I am going to go get some ibuprofen from the kitchen. I'm going to go lie down. Uh, please let me know when Mohammed's spinach puffs are ready, because I am famished. That's lovely, honey. Um, there's a man in the pantry. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, if you could handle that, that would that would be grand. I mean, maybe take a nap first. I'm not really sure. It just doesn't seem like it's a very comfy place for her to be, for him to be in the pantry. And she like starts, you know, explaining all uh-huh. of this to Woodard. Yeah, and he says, "Uh, my dear, it may shock you to find out that." I don't give a damn about the comfort of capitalist pigs. Then he disappears into the bathroom to get ibuprofen. Well, I give a small damn, but that's okay. (laughs) And she goes and sits on the couch next to Esther's recliner, silently. So we cut forward. So like we see the, uh, the next night as the scene opens up. Uh, it's a busy road. Uh, the last time you were here at 123 Blanco Street, it was a tenement building. You were here to make sure that uh, Mrs. Williams and the other tenants of 123 Blanco Street were not thrown out uh, with not a penny to their name uh, from their building by the uh, landlord, Mr. Biggs. Or no, Mr. Smalls. 
Mr. Biggs runs a completely different business. Mr. Smalls was going to throw these people out on the street, uh, and you were there to stop it. You did stop it, and then Mrs. Williams ended up killed in her apartment. I don't think you knew the outcome of what happened at 123 Blanco Street, but that tenement building is gone. It is replaced with a water treatment plant. Um, and you see it is a squat building nestled between two other buildings. And uh, there is a glass window uh, on it, and it has the city insignia on it. And it says, water treatment plant, number 16. And you are standing outside of 123 Blanco Street. What do you do? Faye looks to, um, are we in the, I guess we're in the car. So Faye looks. You sure? Okay. Faye looks to everyone. Ready? Uh, are we in the right place? Yeah, this is definitely the place. Woodard pulls up his gator and pulls up his hood. Says masks on, everyone. Yeah, Muhammad pulls out this pulls out his rubber teddy bear mask and just bloop. Woodard and Mohammed turn to look at the two of you in the back seat. Esther pulls up her collar. Faye says, we don't have masks, dear. You've been doing this for almost two years and you don't have a disguise. Yeah, we're that good. Well, this explains why they're wanted. I was just about to say, and Woodard opens up the car door and steps out. Uh, As you all step out of the car, uh, you check your peripheries. Uh, A few people on the street, uh, but fairly quiet night. And Woodard turns to the three of you and says, All right, so what's the plan? And before he can finish it, there is a deafening boom. Water treatment plant 16 explodes. Glass shattering out from the window. The four walls blowing up. And as it does, you see it's not a normal fiery explosion. Instead, what you see issue forth from the uh, ruins is this like tornado mist coiling and whipping around itself rising higher and higher and as it goes higher and higher it spreads further and further outwards uh it all happens in a matter of seconds you don't even have time to die for cover as the wall of mist pushes and hits against you and the screen cuts to black end of episode Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on April 19th. If you have a Facebook and or a Twitter, we are on both of those social media platforms if you would like to contact us that way. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. We also have a Discord. If you would like to chat with us or chat with other friends of the show, please click the link below to join our Discord. Our show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of backers to support this show, please click the link below. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak, 
You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. And that is it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. Welcome back to the regular story. I hope you're ready for everything that is about to happen. And I also hope that you keep it nerdy, y'all. <laughs>